Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a media personality in Seattle. He has two shows on KISW. He has a podcast called The Defiant Ones, which is everything Defy Wrestling. And he also has a YouTube channel called Everflowing Stream. Um, in this episode, I'm going to be talking to him about his background and also everything Defy Wrestling because I, I recently went to my first show maybe like a month or two ago and I've, I've kind of been hooked. It's like what's well, probably one of the best types of entertainment I've seen in Seattle. So I'm excited to learn more about it. It's my pleasure to introduce Kevin Deers. How's it going? What's going on, man? Fucking, I've been looking forward to this, man. Yeah, um, thank you. Me too. So first of all, like explain to people what Defy Wrestling is. Um, so Defy Wrestling is uh, state-of-the-art independent pro wrestling. Um, it's really, like you were saying, top quality entertainment. Um, it's a uh, Northwest kind of, you would say. So most people are aware of like the WWF, WWE, mm-hmm. the big-time wrestling they see on TV. Um, what they might not be familiar with is that there's actually touring circuits uh, that are in the what they would call the independent circuit. Mm-hmm. And um, Seattle happens to have one of the top in the world, and it's called Defy. Uh, it started about it was either five or six years ago, and uh, it immediately started with some of the biggest names in pro wrestling. And you know, they fly people out from the UK. They fly people out from Japan. There's people that um, you know drive in, in carloads from Canada to this show. There's mm-hmm. people that come out from Mexico. They really get some of the top talent. Um, to to come to these events and uh, it's just it's incredible it's uh, we host the home shows the Seattle shows at a, a venue called Washington Hall yeah that's where I went yeah historic venue I mean Jimi Hendrix played there Fugazi played there uh, it's a historic venue in Seattle they have the massive monkeys dance troupe that uh, d- goes there the Seattle Zulu Nation mm-hmm. uh, I think that's kind of like their home base so it's a kind of mecca for Seattle hip hop. And so it's kind of hallowed grounds for us to be there. And, and we really, um, you know, honor and respect that space, but also kind of make it ours with, uh, you know, people get rowdy. And it's uh, it's not like you're watching a television show. It's like mm-hmm. you're part of it. You're yeah. you're literally on top of each other, screaming, chatting, you know, chanting rather, uh, not chatting, ch- chanting, you know, um, drinking a couple beers and just getting rowdy and uh it's it's the vibe of a punk rock show. Like mm-hmm. it really is just like so fun and um to be on the other side of it, uh, you know, being able to actually chat with the wrestlers is is a dream come true. Yeah, it was like I had to get out of my seat a few times because the yeah. wrestlers it was Yeah, you get out of the way. Yeah. The security guard lets you know like yeah. you're in danger right now. Yeah. So best get out of the way. Fuck it was awesome. The yeah. Music and everything. Mm-hmm. The intro oh my gosh. So why why Seattle? Like how did it come to be in Seattle? Did like the Founders just happen to live in Seattle at the time or something? Yeah. Um, there's uh, There's been, you know, a strong, uh, you know, fan base of, of wrestling fans in in Washington and Seattle for a while now. Mm. But it was really the brainchild of two specific people, a guy named Jim Perry. And uh, he's uh, he does a really cool, like, um, podcast called Euphemet. It's mm. a uh, – how would I describe it? It's kind of like uh, – like they they deal with a lot of like 
aliens and um, ghosts. No, it's not conspiracy. It's uh, but it's kind of like a spooky podcast. But he's he's a media guy. He's a producer and and a podcast guy and and just a really smart guy, but a huge wrestling fan. Then another guy named Matt Farmer, who's a former pro wrestler, and he's now like. You know, he's a genius. He's a wrestling historian. Mm. And so these two came together and, you know, when they came together, they formed this thing as Defy. And it was a long time uh, that it was kind of, you know, being cultivated. But from the first show, like I said, it was just like top, top talent and uh, just like top production. It's just they didn't, mm. you know, spare anything. It was just the best. So, um you know, and ju- in even the way it's filmed, very artistically, mm-hmm. uh, just very, just a cool, just a cool atmosphere, cool production. So why Seattle? I think that Seattle had kind of been starving for that thing for a long time. There were a long time where uh, wrestling was seen, or Seattle in the Northwest was kind of seen as the black hole for wrestling because we didn't have like um, a lot of wrestling in the area you know back in the day you would hear wrestlers say that they couldn't even get booked up here Mm. because there just wasn't anything going on and so um there was this you know kind of underserved fan base and uh just so happened to be that there were the right minds came together to uh create this really uh awesome and and creative and fun thing that uh, kind of captured the imaginations of a lot of fans. Mm. Wait, so is wrestling like a sport where it's in every city almost? Or uh, there are, okay. yeah, there are. So if you look, if you were to look up, you know, independent wrestling, um, there are tons of different promotions. From the, you know, you go to Cleveland. There's a company called AIW, Absolute Intense Wrestling. Um, you go to, you know, uh, pretty much every city of if they're a big city or a big market you know you would say is kind of a brash way to put it but uh you know tends to have you know like los angeles has a few and um a lot of these wrestlers will Mm kind of base their schedule around you know these these bookings and so you know one night you might may have a guy wrestling in defy and then he'll take a red eye to you know florida to wrestle in one of their companies and you know it's all like this just below the surface of like the the mainstream but it's got a devoted and and very loyal fan base so i don't even know if it's like the right thing to say it's like seattle's best secret because like when i went there it was completely packed but if i didn't i randomly just heard about it through a friend like i had never even knew this type of entertainment existed Mm -hmm. to begin with i i would say when you think of wrestling um you know I, I would understand like someone kind of chuckling at the idea of going to a wrestling show because mm-hmm. they see it on TV and it's kind of, you know, kind of corny or, but if you go and experience it and see for yourself, like you did, yeah, you know, it's, it's in your face. It's fun. It's people flying at you. It's just, it's rowdy. It's a blast, man. And, and it kind of is a, a secret, uh, not that, um, you could tell any of the fans that mm-hmm. because they're all about it and they'll buy tickets like. And they'll sell that place out. But to a lot of, you know, casual people or people that might be not aware of it, you know, it's they might not be aware that just like every month over in the Central District, Capitol Hill Central District area, there's like a really fun 
crazy yeah. show going on. And it was super diverse too. From like honestly, the crowd was pretty diverse mm-hmm. from like ethnicity to, to ages, and yeah. as as well as the actual like. What do you you don't call do you call a, ref, a wrestler a performer or what is like the right? Um, there's lingo a there's, for that, it's like know? a it's a strange kind of uh you know mishmash of athlete slash performer right mm-hmm. so they're obviously in these um kind of performative matches where you know there are predetermined results mm-hmm. but what you're seeing is pure athleticism right yeah so sure. they're it's not like they're faking doing uh 360 jump off the top ropes and when these people are bleeding that's real blood yeah um but obviously the the ending is predetermined um so Who's that by? Like by the founders, by the way, or who who makes that up? I actually am not really that familiar with like who were to like write that or mm. you know come up with that. It's kind of something that I try not to really um, kind of ask about. I kind of just try to be a little bit um, have a little bit of mystery yeah, left like to that. it. You I know like what I'm that. saying? So I I kind of just react to it like and try to be as much of a fan as as I can. You know, whereas. I am familiar with a lot of the things that go on, but I try not to like really dig too deep on that because I, yeah. I still like to have a little bit of the uh, the childish illusion. Yeah, right? I like that. So. so I think the one I went to, I don't know if this will resonate or if you'll be able to pick up on which one I went to or not. Um, I think the Joker guy retired or- Randy Myers, yeah. Yes. So who is, okay, break down quickly who that is for people who don't know. Ravenous Randy Myers is a- uh, he is a enigma. He is uh, this guy who is an incredibly, you know, uh, he's like very gender fluid and very um, androgynous character who is just so incredibly passionate and accepting. And um, he captured the hearts of everyone in Defy. Um, he is such a powerful like underdog in the wrestling company um he started from the ground up in 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 defy um, and he um you know he kind of started as just a character that came in and did some matches and you know he came out to Etta james at last yes. you know this like classic song and 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 you know he's just so unconventional and so unique and um he's just so pacific northwest um, and you know, he had an arc, uh, the last match, the last show. Oh, oh, let me back up. We watched him go from kind of, you know, relative obscurity of being this person that people didn't really know, mm. watching him battle from underneath. And we got to cheer on, cheer him on along the way and, um, you know, kind of be that that they call the defiance the defies they call the fans the defiance mm. and so it's part of this community the, the community really rallied behind him and the final match before the pandemic uh he won the belt mm. and everyone jumped in the ring and were like he was like crowd surfing on people basically Damn. with the belt it was this epic thing and then you know a month or two later the pandemic happens mm. and um he's canadian and there is a lot of risk always of coming over the border mm-hmm. without a proper visa, right? Uh, you want to do it legit way. You don't want to put any of your wrestlers in danger. And so Defy did what they needed to do to file these visas. 
and it took a long time, but he finally got you know approval to come over to the United States um, legally, hmm. and he did, and um, and he and he came back, and it was like this glorious return. You know, wrestling had returned, hmm. um, Defy had returned for quite a while, almost a year, um, but he was him and the rest rest of the Canadian crew were able to come over and and show up, and it was just this like triumphant return it was so epic to see him back and um he had the belt so he was still the champion but like in ufc or in boxing they had to crown an interim champion so they basically crowned a champion in his because he wasn't able to, to come right mm. so they did a championship um unification and he lost and um you know there was a bit of an arc and a storyline but uh, part of that storyline that you showed up for mm. was him officially being done with Defy. Now, I don't mm. know. I, I honestly hope that it's not the end because yeah. I love Randy. I love his character. Because my weirdo hero or something? The weirdo hero. <laughs> and, um, you know, his, his he really speaks to, you know, he is an amplified version of who he really is. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a punk rocker. His mm. character is um, so all about letting your freak flag fly and um, just embracing it. Your weirdo hero, your punk punk rock, your punk hunk, mm -hmm. what he calls himself. And, um, you know, he, he really champions the underdogs that have mental health issues or maybe dealing with depression. He always speaks to that in his interviews. And, mm -hmm. and um, he's just a, such a positive force for Defy that I, I hope we have not seen the end of Randy Myers, but we'll see. Heck yeah. And how do... How does someone become a wrestler? Do you go to school for that? Or like, yeah, what's the... so, um, yes, yes. And so, you know, through the Defiant Ones, the podcast that I do, mm -hmm. I've kind of asked that, that question. And what I've found is that um, now, more than ever, it's it's a lot easier than it has in the past. Mm. Um, there's wrestling schools. There's a few here in the Northwest. There's one up in Canada run by a few of the Defy wrestlers called the Lionsgate Dojo. There's one up in... Um, it's like Everett, like okay. just past Everett, and it's run. It's called the Buddy Wayne Academy. Buddy Wayne um, passed away a couple years ago, but his son uh, Nick Wayne is actually the Defy champion. He's only oh, that's the young guy. Yep, he's seventeen years old, Dang. and he has a, a AEW contract waiting for him when he graduates high school. So wow. when he graduates high school, he's going to be on TV every week, and he's the Defy. Ch Can you imagine being in wow. high school and knowing that all you got to do is just go to class, graduate, and then you're going to be a star on TV? That's crazy. Like, that is so badass. So there's a school <laughs> up there that's run by some um, trainers, and uh, so there's quite a few schools around, um, and yeah, I, I, you kind of just go to school to, to to train to be a wrestler, and you eat your your vegetables and take your vitamins and work your butt off and mm. then you might have a match in a few months. So how many of these like defy wrestlers have like, would you ever see these guys working a day job at Starbucks or like, are they able to make this like a full career or how does that work usually? There is a tipping point um, where a lot of the wrestlers, a lot of them have side hustles, right? Mm. Maybe they don't have a day job per se, but maybe they drive Uber when they're home or they, you know, Uber eats or whatever. And, or they have some sort of like email job that they can just kind of do from the road. Mm -hmm. But once their schedules um, really start to ramp up, the dream is that they're able to make a living off of it. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen, um, you know, and that's kind of the dream is to to be able to um, watch the wrestlers 
live out their dream and live out that, you know, kind of natural progression where they their schedule ramps up, then they're flying out, they're getting companies to fly them out, mm-hmm. you know, and then their schedules book up and then they're living off of their dream. Heck yeah. Wait, so if there's a storyline, how much is it like you're able to determine your fate of becoming like a successful wrestler versus like you're in the hands of a storyline and you don't have that chance to become like a full-time wrestler? Hmm. I guess that's a good... How do I... I think that um, the crowd will always determine we'll all you'll always listen to the fans right mm. you'll always listen to what the defiance says and and who they want to cheer for and and what reacts out there right if you're if you're like dead set on and and this is I'm not speaking for the promoters I'm not speaking for the writers but for me if I was in charge of a company and I was dead set on someone being, that guy's going to be the champ. And it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, they weren't putting in their, all their effort. Um, the fans just weren't reacting. You kind of have to be nimble and, and, mm. and, lear- and learn on the fly. And people will always, you know, go out there and prove it. That they're, you know, worth investing the time or the story into and stuff. So dang, that makes sense actually. Okay. Yeah. And then how did you get involved with any of this like defy wrestling sure. stuff? Um, so I have been like a lifelong wrestling fan. Okay. I I uh was a wrestling nerd that played with wrestling action figures. Uh I watched it all the time. You know, I, I did wrestling in my backyard in Kent. It was <laughs> like yeah. the most trashy thing. Like we would play we would jump off of um it was like very not safe. So we would jump <laughs> off of like apartment carports onto each other. <laughs> like we would hit each other with baseball bats. We would just like the not don't do, don't do this on television kind of thing. You know, yeah. we were the basically a mix between Jackass and WWE, and we would just do it every weekend. And and we would run each other over with shopping carts and just <laughs> beat each other's asses. And uh, you know, I loved doing. I loved it. Uh, fell out of it for a little while, but then came back. And um, you know, I, I, I attended a bunch of wrestling matches. Got really deep into um, you know, and before you could stream any wrestling you wanted to on YouTube, mm-hmm. you had to actually trade tapes. You had to go oh, to these wow. forums and trade VHSs with people. And so my friend was, you know, he would get these tapes from these Japanese matches that we were just like enamored with and all these kind of independent wrestling companies. And so I started to get deeper and deeper and more nerdy with it. And, um, alongside that, just like a few years later, I went to school for, for, uh, radio. Mm. And, um, I started to do my own radio show in college and that led to doing my own radio shows professionally and, um, started learning the art of podcasting Mm. and learning the technical side of things and how to interview and go to, I went to journalism school, got a degree there. Um, And um, so I kind of just married those two perfectly together, but it wasn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't come. um, The defiant ones wasn't a day one thing. Mm -hmm. It was always, um, you know, there were shows where I was doing backstage interviews. There were shows where I was posting, you know, social media content. I've been a ring announcer. I'm actually going to be a ring announcer this coming Saturday. Oh, I'm shit. filling in for Steve Miggs. Wait, for Defy? Yep. I'll Wait, be there's a Defy this? Ah, oh, dang it. This Saturday. Exactly. You uh, know, so. 
So Defy is coming up this Saturday. I'm going to be, you know, I'm kind of like their fill-in ring announcer. So I'm the guy who does the introductions in the oh, ring. That's awesome. Steve Miggs is the 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 main guy, and, you know, he's, like, beloved. But there's actually some wrestlers who think it's crazy that the ring announcer is, like, so popular. It's just mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy's more popular than half of us. It's like Steve Miggs is such a beloved guy mm-hmm. by the Defy um, Defiance. And so, you know, I got – um. I got uh, to kind of fill many roles. You know, I was, um, like I said, I did some of the social media content for them. um, And it wasn't until the pandemic that I, uh, we had this idea, me and Jim kind of came up with this idea that, you know, we, there was, mm, I'm not sure if it was quite a year, but there was that time where nothing was happening, no mm. concerts were happening. Um, it was very much in that thick of lockdown. Yeah, uh, and we were just trying to be, you know, trying to come up with ideas of how to keep the fans engaged and how to keep um, the, you know, content for Defy flowing. And I came up with the idea for to to start interviewing some of the wrestlers, and it started off very, you know. One really crappy microphone in my apartment with like lagging internet. We didn't even have video yet. It was just audio only, you know, and it just, it, it has, um, blown my mind how much it has grown Mm -hmm. since then, um, in 2020, uh, in these three years, they've, you know, they saw the vision and we put it on the Patreon and it started to gain some steam, but it wasn't until we went full in and, and we have now a, a crew that helps out. We have a, a someone who, so I will come into a space, m- not much different than this. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll go upstairs and they have a media room upstage, upstairs at Washington hall that we rent out and we'll have a wrestler say sitting right there and I'm sitting right here and um, we'll have, you know, two cameras sh- shooting back. So it's very professional mm-hmm. and we'll have the professional microphones and it's uh you know, we have an editor, we have a graphics person behind it, you know, the audio, it's, it's incredible to see, um, how much they've invested because of, um, they've seen, you know, how they've seen the potential, they've seen the growth. It's just so cool. Um, I had a memory pop up on my Facebook, uh, of just like the first interview I did. And it was just a selfie of me in my room during the pandemic. And it was just like, you know, it's, so cool to see and you know you just keep going with it just keep going you see the vision see where it can go and then just you know keep going with it and and as the return to wrestling really ramped up um so has the the podcast so that's where it is now it's it lives on um patreon mm. uh so the full interviews live on patreon also on the on demand service defy on demand it's where you can catch the full um full youtube video like on demand the actual uh, no, it's Defy On Demand oh, okay, is, the, is the, what we call it. It's like a, it's a um, streaming, it's okay. like a streaming network that cool. you kind of just subscribe to, and and you can watch all of the Defy events. That's awesome. And then you can watch all of these um, videos of the Defiant ones. But then, uh, so the Patreon, so you you see the videos on Patreon. We're gonna start uploading the audio to, um, so people don't have to be a part of the Patreon to listen to it. But uh, so every Wednesday we release a new episode, and um, uh, we share clips of it on all of our socials. Mm. So, you know, one to two minute clips of it. And then once in a while, we'll upload a freebie on YouTube, like a full one that I sent you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Heck yeah. That's awesome. Damn. Yeah. So what is, uh, 
for other podcasters, like what's your advice when it comes to like creating a Patreon? Like I've given some of my clients advice for Patreon, but I've never even stepped foot into like making my own Patreon even. Um, well, I'm not so, uh, I, I am very aware that the main reason why a lot of these define fans, why the defiance subscribes to the Patreon is because we give pre-sale codes. That's where you get the pre-sale codes to the next event so that they can get in early. Mm. The defiant ones is a part of it, but it is almost like a perk. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like added, added, added bonus. Right. I don't know if we would necessarily get as many subscribers if it was just so uh, obviously the presale codes is a thing. That's so smartest. I, Wait, how do you get. So you have like a full on like relationship then with Defy. Yo, yeah. Yeah. I work that. for Defy. OK. See, that's so what? I'm backstage for, at Defy. Got like it. I'm I'm part of their Patreon. It's not uh, I'm a independent contractor, you would say, but I've I'm with Defy. I don't. Um, so. At a Defy event, I'm given full access backstage to go up and chat with a wrestler and then bring them upstairs to. You know, Damn, that is so. awesome. Okay, so then that's another that's another thing then. Like for me as like a independent like podcaster, mm -hmm. I can get backstage if I'm either friends with the person performing or yeah. the guest is in town and we've already set up like a interview and then mm -hmm. they want to chill after words backstage or something. But um, I've always thought about like how does one get like a like a residency with a venue or something. So how did you build that relationship where you could like you're kind of the Defy podcast guy? Uh, I think just um, through all those different roles that I I uh, was ambitious enough to kind of um, dip my toes into and just kind of try to help out where I could, you mm -hmm. know, um, through whether it was, you know, helping film a backstage promo, interviewing, stepping in to do the, the, it was pretty much just, um, having the ambition and, and being trustworthy enough to, mm -hmm. um, to know that they, I can be the, the official voice of that. I'm not going to act out. Right? right. And I'm not going to, um, misuse that kind of trust and, and, in their name, you know, because I am, I'm not, you know, officially Mr. Defy, right? But like, I am very much a face of Defy. Yeah. When, when you see Defy tweet, a lot of times it's my face interviewing these wrestlers. And um, they put a lot of trust in me to be the media arm of their company. Damn. And so I don't take that trust lightly. And so I think that just, um, kind of building that relationship from the ground up and, and, and them seeing that I was always down to, you know, put in the extra hours mm -hmm. and, um, you know, really just work my ass off to whether it was posting a Facebook video or anything. So that's amazing. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's pretty inspiring too. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. So, so with that, when you're interviewing, um, wrestlers, mm -hmm. what is like, what is the flow for people who don't haven't seen your show yet? I try to keep it kind of, um, you know, I'm not, I try not to get into the drama, the mm. backstage drama. I try not to, you know, ask too heavy of questions. Uh, I really look at them as kind of personality pieces. Mm. Um, they're pretty short form. Typically the longest one would be about a half an hour. So they're not, you know, 
two hour long sessions with these people. We get them um, and these people are really um, kind enough to take 20 minutes out of their hectic schedule. A lot of times they're, you know, just got off of a match and they're sweating their ass off mm -hmm. and they probably rather be, you know, outside uh, cooling off or, you know, uh, drinking some water, eating some some chips and just relaxing. But they take the time out of their night to, to chat with me. And I'm very gracious of that. Uh, I like to know their backstory. I like to know, do they have a side job? Mm -hmm. Do they have, you know, and I always ask them, you know, what's, you know, I, I, I tend to ask them how they're doing and, you know, kind of just get their idea of, you know, where are they from? Where, how'd they get here? You know, how'd you hear about Defy? First off, that's important to me. Mm -hmm. um, if they're someone who's not a homegrown Defy talent, if they're someone who's flown in for the evening, uh, and then I like to know, you know, if they're fans of wrestling, what was their first experience with wrestling? Yeah. You know, I like to know as a little kid, what caught you, you know, this is kind of a weird thing, you know, mm -hmm. being a wrestlers, you don't see that many wrestlers, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a weird thing. It's kind of a weird thing that I'm sitting here talking with, you know, someone in spandex. It's, it's cool, but it's kind of odd, you know, not everyone has that dream. And if they do, they don't follow through with it and they mm -hmm. don't put in the time and the hours. So I kind of want to just know that story. And then, you know, I like to ask about music or, you know, films that they're into, um, you know, just fun things. I like to ask them one question that I always ask. Mm -hmm. And I ask this in, I host the two radio shows you mentioned. I ask that it's in the majority of my interviews because it always tends to, um, the last interview or the last question of my interview is always pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how oh, you got fuck it. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. And so there was a hardcore fanzine called I Stand Alone that I used to read when back in like 2003 or 2004. It was an old fanzine. Are you familiar with what a fanzine is? I'm guessing it's a fan magazine. Yeah, it's like a DIY fan. It's like a not mass produced. It's, you know, probably make a hundred copies of it. Mm. People will make it, you know, and just print it on their own and sell it for a couple bucks. So there was someone named Adele Collins and um, she made this fanzine, hardcore fanzine called I Stand Alone. And I completely stole that question from her. Mm. So it's not my own, <laughs> but I have used it for 20 years almost. Wow. And asked that question. And so I put it to good use. And I've asked everyone from, you know, the big wrestlers to the local bands. Um, and, and, and especially with wrestlers, it tends to have a good, you know, a good story. And um, I always like when it's not a wrestling related scar. Mm -hmm. It's just something like a little mishap. Like they were skateboarding when they were a little kid and bonked their knee and, you know, have a gnarly scar. So, um, yeah, just kind of try to be, be, you know, kind of peel back the onion a little bit, but, um, let's have fun with them. And, um, sometimes it gets deep, you know, sometimes they talk about how wrestling has helped them battle depression. Sometimes they talk about, there was a wrestler recently talked about an illness that he overcame as a kid. And, um, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't typically go into it with a ton of written questions that I'm going to mm. ask. I know some basic things. I'm a fan. Yeah. So I know where they're from. I know a basic history of them, but I try to just have, have a conversation and, and really, um, uh, pay attention to how their verbal cues really mm -hmm. um interact with them as as like someone who's really listening right uh, I get nervous sometimes and I try to just go into it um not over prepared right 
Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like as long as, even for me, as long as I do the research and I have the basic knowledge, sometimes when you're too focused on what you're going to say, then you stumble up and then you forget all the questions. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like stage fright almost. Yep. Okay, I get that for sure. Now I want to flip it on you. What is uh, what is your favorite scar? Oh, man. um, My favorite scar. So, you mind if I move this real yeah, quick? Yeah, for sure. So, you can't really see it because I have a tattoo over it, but there was a scar here on his face, and like I said, you can't really see it, but there was yeah. a scar in here, and um, I got it when I was a kid. Uh, my friend and I, we uh, were fighting on his bed. Excuse me. We were fighting on my friend's bed, and his braces got caught in my arm, oh. and it ripped and then, so I had, and immediately was just like busted open. My arm was just bleeding everywhere. His braces got caught on my arm, was ripped, ripped flesh. And then that night we were stupid and decided to wrestle some more. And uh, I fell on the exact same wound onto a fighter jet pilot, uh, like a metal fighter pilot jet. Mm -hmm. And it opened it up even more. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, brutal. Oh. So I had to get some stitches on that one. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. What the heck? That sounds super painful. I know exactly I think I know exactly the type of fighter jets you're talking about too. Dang. Okay. That's That's such a good question. I need to figure out. I need to, I wish I had like a a go-to. Yeah. I just have the same which you'll get at the end of the interview, you know, about final advice, but wow. That's 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 super cool. So do you have like a fan favorite interview that you've done for the Defiant Ones? And also on top of that, do you have returning guests? And if so, who's your favorite like returning guests? Uh, fan favorite, I would say, was be Eddie Kingston. Um, Eddie Kingston's of interview I sh I sent you. We made mm -hmm. that one free. Uh, and um, he's just so real. He's just absolutely. You know, he is not a gimmick. He's not a character. He's just so honest and so real, and I love watching him on TV. Uh, he is, you know, someone that was considering giving it up for so long because he was hustling and trying to make a living, and it was kind of just a happenstance, and, and it just so, you know, he kind of had a viral tweet that, you know, got him signed, and it was so much of the... He he basically just put it all out there and said, like, you know, he made a challenge. And then the fans that had been watching him for so long got behind him and rallied behind him. And then he mm -hmm. made it on TV and he, and he rose to the occasion. But he's, you know, so down to earth and just so real. So that was my favorite interview I've done so far. Um, I have not had many returning guests. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't, we've been toying with that, though, because... Um, you know, I've done so many interviews now that we're going to, I'm going to try to interview Nick Wayne because I've interviewed him, but not as the champ. Mm -hmm. So that's a game changer, right? Yeah, for So sure. he's the, he's a 17 year old champ now. So that's a big deal. So we're going to make that a, a, a priority to interview Nick Wayne. And so I think he'll be one of our first like returning guests. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's every month. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Oh, oh, the Defy The podcast event. is every Wednesday. Yep. And then- Defy itself is every once a month. 
Uh, about, yeah, okay. once about once a month. Sometimes they'll take, you know, maybe six weeks off or six weeks or so, but it's typically once a month at, in Seattle, but they're starting to branch out. So they, they have Portland events. They're doing a humongous event in Yakima, the Yakima Sundome. That's going to be a very, um, like, lucha Mexican mm. wrestling-centric show. They're also doing a show in Toronto. They're doing a show over in the UK. Wow. So they're really branching out in 2023 and doing... Yeah, going big. Heck yeah. And then what got you into media to begin with? You said you went to school for it. Mm -hmm. So what what drew you to radio? Uh just listening to just listening to the radio as a kid, man. Mm -hmm. I um would make little tapes with my my sister and we would have our little tape recorder and pretend mm -hmm. to be DJs and listening to, you know, KISW and and 1077 the end and my college radio station, KGRG, it's listening to DJs like um, Bill Reed and Marco Collins and um, people like Kathy Faulkner and uh, and Metal Shop, the show that I that I host now. Mm -hmm. You know, these shows kind of changed me and, and taught me so much about music and about culture, and I was just enamored by it, and I discovered... Um, KGRG, which was a uh, college radio station, is is a college radio station out in uh, Green River College, and um, they were playing really underground music and like punk and pop punk, and they had a hip hop show on there and a reggae show and a local music show. And mm -hmm. if you could, you know, I lived in the in the range where if you if you you know use your antenna and you kind of like do it this way or that way, you could hear it at a good range. And you know, it was like all request Friday. I would request make my requests and. They had like a hardcore show and a punk show and a metal show. And I just, I loved it, man. I knew, you know, people had these big aspirations to like, when, when they get out of high school, I, I knew I wanted to go to Green River and, and be a DJ there. And, wow. and that was kind of it was, that was what I knew I wanted to do. I didn't know after that what mm. I necessarily, where it would take me, but that was my my goal was to just be a DJ on KGRG. It was the simple part of it and made that happen. Got my own specialty show, um, which is a show called dead air, which still lives on today. That's actually like, well, yeah, that's, it's going to be going on 20 years. And, and the fact that there's a show that I started in 2004 that is now, you know, has had hosts well beyond me. That is something that I, I consider to be, the coolest thing that I've done, you know, wow. I've, I've been able to host these shows that have, that other hosts have, have, you know, passed down to me. But the fact that something I created is now being passed down, that's like, that's something that Dang. I'm really proud of. So it's called dead air. And what it's about. It's a hardcore punk okay. and, and kind of like heavy music radio show. So, and you're like a total like metalhead. You would say so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Heck sure. Yeah. For sure. So you have, uh, Loud and local. Yep, host and... Loud and Local on Sunday nights on KISW. And yeah. what is that about? Uh, that's a two-hour show that uh, features local music from the Northwest. Here, um, I play everything from Spokane to Seattle to you know Puyallup to Everett. So it's like all local music. Ten the station is a rock station, mm. so it's you know tends to be rock. It can be a little bit on the lighter side of the indie rock style, but a lot of it's a, a little heavier um, from you know the heavy rock to heavy metal to punk to ska to you know like indie mm. um some singer songwriter stuff but you know just rock music from the northwest and so that's that's this um 
the Sunday night show is Loud and Local, mm-hmm. and then Saturday night is a show called Metal Shop, which is, um, from what I understand, the longest running metal specialty show on commercial radio. Mm. It's, uh, you know, I was listening recently to an interview with uh, a band called Queensryche from 1983 on this show, Metal Shop. And um, it's a legacy show. You know, it's, it's, there's people that listen to that show that have been listening to it since they were little kids and they're 50 years old now. Wow. You know, and and, um, that's, a huge responsibility for me to be able to sit in that chair and host that show that has such a legacy behind it. But it's, you know, a, it's a dream of mine. And, 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 um, it, it was kind of crazy how it happened. Um, me and my, uh, college radio co-hosts at the time, Ian, uh, we, we, uh, entered a contest to be the next host of Metal Shop back in 2010. <laughs> wow. Yep, they had about 150 applicants, and we won the show live on the air. Wow. And the next week, we were on the show hosting Metal Shop, the show that we had always listened to and never dreamed of being the host because, you know, who's who gets that opportunity? What the heck? And so then, like, and then, like, two weeks later, we were on stage introducing Slayer in front of Wamu Theater, you know? It's Dang. like, it, it was, it happened like that, and it's... It's just been a whirlwind since. But. What was the contest like? What was? How did you? Uh, get so, to do? the host at the time, Kevin and Steve, they were uh, retiring from Metal Shop. They, I think, probably Kevin wanted to go camping on his Saturday nights. Yeah. You know, he Steve wanted to d- pursue other things, and so um, they didn't want Metal Shop to end. And so um, they just said, like, um, send us a demo tape, and send us a playlist, and send us your resumes. And luckily, Ian and I had been. D- we had a chemistry. Hmm. We have a chemistry, uh, and we had been doing radio for so long that we ha- and we had access to record a semi-professional-ish demo, and we made a playlist and we sent it in. And um, yeah, that was that was how you applied. And then there were three con- finalist contestants, and we went up on KISW on a Saturday night, hmm. and they gave us an hour to. Pretend like the show's yours. Yeah. And they kind of grilled us, asked us some questions and kind of tried to, you know, it was, it was like a con, it was live on air. It was con, it was crazy. And, yeah. and we were hella nervous for that week. And then when they called us, they kind of were like messing with us on air. They're like, sorry, but you know, you're not the winners. I'm sorry, man. And I was like, wait, why'd you call us? We're not the winners. And then there's like this pause and they're like, just kidding. And me and, and Ian were freaking out. And I remember I lived off Broadway. I lived right behind Julia's on Broadway. And I, I ran out in the middle of the street and just screamed, fuck yeah, as loud as I could. And we were, that. I mean, I like was jumping on my friends. It was a party, man. So that was a time I will never forget, man, was literally winning a contest to host Metal Shop. It was, yeah. it was like triumphant. That's awesome. And you, you, you said at the beginning of the podcast how like uh, WWE is kind of like punk or Defy is like punk. So, Defy is punk, yeah. So would you say, so Defy is metal then? Uh, I think that's what the people say or used to say. <laughs> that's a thing, right? Metal's like cool, cool, cool right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like super metal. Um, yeah, I, I, I said it's like... Um, I always kind of equate the punk rock spirit to like an independent spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I was calling it punk. I wouldn't necessarily call it metal. There's characters that are pretty metal, mm-hmm. you know, pretty. Um, I, I think when 
some of the wrestlers are bleeding, it's pretty metal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, some of that violence is pretty metal, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it metal okay. per se, but. How do you, like, what is, uh, why do you like Defy? And like, why do you like WWE as well? Like what, what, because I've really haven't, I've always seen it on TV, like mm-hmm. to the fact that it exists. I've never actually sat down and watched something besides the show I've been at. But like, what really draws you into this type of world? I think it's uh, it is kind of a release for me. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, a fantasy world. You know, it's but it's um, I have such a respect for the talent, and I just um, I don't know. It's hard to really pinpoint exactly why I love it so much but I think that it is really one of the most pure forms of entertainment because mm-hmm. it's like Broadway but they're beating each other's asses yeah and it's all happening in front of you no retakes um and it's like a high wire act in front of your face there's a little bit of violence there's a lot of fun some comedy it's just uh it's just a blast and um i think when i was drawn as a kid you know it's like superheroes right mm-hmm. you're drawn to it as a little kid like because it's like superheroes but then as i started to peel back the onion a bit and learn more about the inner workings of it and then realize you know a bit of these you know what makes these characters tick and and you know you just kind of go down this rabbit hole and learn more about the everything about it is just so interesting to me so mm. and but are you still a fan of WWE or is Defy and WWE just completely different to you in your opinion um they're very different Got i'm it. i still like WWE there's mm. uh i'm more, more watch this company called AEW okay. which is uh basically the rival to WWE it's, what's the uh, difference between them uh, it's just two different, completely different companies. Got it. It'd be like the NBA and and like say there was like a rival to NBA. Got it's it. Like two different professional leagues. Mm. They have two different shows on two different networks. Um, I've been watching more AW lately, but I still watch WWE. It's fun. Mm. Um, I don't have as much invested in it. Um, don't always uh watch it week to week, but I'll always have my fandom. You mm-hmm. know. I still get a kick out of it, and I still listen to the podcasts that talk about what happens with the matches and all these different things. And I'm always, you know, peripherally uh, invested in it. And I just, you know, some people are sports guys. Yeah. Some nerds like me are wrestling guys. Some people are nerdy metal guys. I happen to be a nerdy wrestling metal guy. You know, it's just... And kind of quirky and kind of niche, but I like it. So. <laughs> and what draws you to metal music? The It's a good question. So also kind of a release. Mm. Um the there's the technical aspect of it that's really cool like the music musicianship but also the how hmm how do i put this 
I just think that it's the most um, like metal hardcore music. It's just so um, untamed. Like raw. Raw, exactly. Mm. Untamed and just like, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's not the only style of music I like. For sure. But it's a lot of times what I'm listening to, like shows I'm going to. After this, I'm going to a metal show. So, oh, heck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's just, um, you know, furious and loud and abrasive and fun you know i think a lot of it is just fun like mm -hmm. i don't take you know when a, when a band like cannibal corpse has a song like hammer smashed face it's all pageantry it's mm -hmm. all like wrestling you know it's a character they're up there joking it's it's like a horror film i like yeah. horror films and so it's like the soundtrack to a horror movie you like rob zombie i do me too hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do like rob zombie i got to interview rob zombie one time he was really cool yeah what yep Backstage at Rockstar Mayhem Festival, got to interview Rob Zombie. Yeah. I was told everyone told me he's like, it's gonna be a hard interview. It's gonna be a hard interview. He's gonna be a dick. He was cool to us. I don't know if he's wow. He was he was cool to us. So. Damn, you've actually yeah. met Rob Zombie, and inter that's crazy. Uh, that's what's super cool about meeting like other in interviewers. It's mm -hmm. almost like showing each other like your trading cards. Yeah, exactly. You're like I've had this guy. You know, that's yeah, totally. Damn. Yeah, got to interview Rob Zombie, and I think that same day we interviewed like Slipknot and what and a couple of yeah. When the when there um there was Rockstar Mayhem Festival it was kind of like um what would be like it would be like the metal version like a touring coachella right mm -hmm. or like a bumper or like a, this big music festival and so you know they would have this media tent in the back and because we were from a legit radio station um and that was i think that was i, I kind of think before like podcasts had developed as much as they have um we were given a lot of access and we had worked out a lot of you know who would be interviewing and so we had a tent and they would kind of just walk the stars through and the musicians Dang. and we would get like 10 to 15 minutes with these people. So we would interview, you know, and sometimes you would go on their bus, you know, if it was like a Slipknot. Mm -hmm. Rob Zombie came through, Megadeth, um, you know, Slayer, Anthrax, these big acts, you know, mm -hmm. and um, that tour is no longer, but those kind of things still happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Seattle hasn't had one for quite a while, but you know, that's, it's, um, and it was always fun because it was like, a lot of hurry up and wait, you know, yeah. you'd be like, okay, yeah, 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 get jacked up and then just like, all right, you just got to wait and just be nervous. And um, we would get out of there with, you know, 10 interviews with these like cool ass artists. And so we we're like, all right, we have content for the next two and a half months. Yeah. You know, it's just like, all right, we're good. That's we got awesome. all these interviews. We can just, you know, bank for a little while. And it was, it was always so fun. And, and, you know, posting all the pictures from that week, like, Check out who I'm with, Rob's on. You know, it's just like made you feel cool. And so, as a radio <laughs> host in Seattle, and as well as a podcaster, mm -hmm. what is the importance of both? Like, especially, what is the importance of radio in Seattle? Like, because I'm a podcaster, I had a, dabbled in radio, you know. Yeah. But um, I would say, and someone asked me today, even if I got the opportunity to have like a radio show, would I take it? And I almost, I don't know. I actually don't know. That's how much I love what I'm doing with podcasting and like the community I'm building. But, um, I think it's important to bring on like, uh, 
Like I just had Supreme, Supreme LaRock on. Legend. And, you know, Martin Douglas. And mm-hmm. so I, I think it's important to have a space, even as a podcaster, to bring on radio hosts. So what is the importance of radio in Seattle for you? Uh, I think the idea of like, so podcasting versus broadcasting, I think mm-hmm. broadcasting, um, there's an importance there because it's, it's, there's no barrier of entry. You, you have a radio, you can hear it. You know, the, the, the podcasting, I think I love it, but there has to be, a, there's a little bit more of a barrier of entry. Like, um, it's, it's a little bit more niche, a little bit more, um, focused, you know? Um, and as far as broadcasting, I'll always have a love for it. You know, um, I always have a love for, you know, being able to turn on the radio and tune, you know, I listen to all the, I'll listen to all the different stations. I want to know, you know, what's going on in the city. You know, there's so much good radio in Seattle and, um, I think that it's just the voice of the community, and that's why I I think it's so important that um you know that that there is still a local show on a station like KISW that's been around for fifty two years. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to be the voice of the music community in in Seattle, and 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 you know, there's I'm not a I'm not you know um someone who's like inaccessible. There's literally just a a page on KISW.com where they can just send me direct link to their music and it shows up to my inbox mm. i check them all out you know it's repeat like, that i tell i tell everyone i tell all the artists i know that, that you guys are accessible and everyone feels like there's some crazy and ent- barrier to entry to like reach out to you guys so repeat that one more time for yep. the audience uh go to kisw.com you just go to navigate to the loud and local page and just send me your tunes there you can send me a soundcloud link you can directly you know attach a dropbox link um you're whatever artist link i almost said myspace you know that's how old mm. i am uh <laughs> facebook link or whatever no so any any you know spotify anything like that you know it's it might take me a little while to get through all of them but i'll i'll eventually hear all of the artists and it's you know it directly you know sends that to the people who will then send that for everyone and i think that um you know most of the djs in seattle most of the artists or most of the DJs and the and the hosts and whether it's any uh, station that are doing local shows or specialty shows tend to be um, pretty accessible, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And the ones at least I've met seem to like actually love the community too, and oh, they yeah. want to uplift. So, you know, that's that's always important. Too. Absolutely, man. So, as a metalhead, who is your favorite local metal band? Ooh, that's a good question. Who's yours? Mm, fuck. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm. I'm stumping you. I don't know you. either. <laughs> There's a band called Witch Ripper that I absolutely love. I don't know if I would call them my favorite because people are going to beat my ass. You know, people from all the other bands. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but there's a band called Witch Ripper I've been really digging on. Um, they are uh, kind of like a heavy stoner metal kind of vibe. They just mm. recently covered Soundgarden. Did a Soundgarden cover. I absolutely love that new record. I love the new Sandwriter record. Um, but Solicitor is incredible. They're like a really good um, kind of old school heavy metal band. Um, there's so many, man. There's just such a rich underground metal and hardcore scene in Seattle. And it's it's been really fun Um Watching it grow, yeah. and and especially the all ages scene, especially yeah. seeing, I love seeing kids like 
dressing up freaky and painting their faces and coming out and moshing. Mm-hmm. It's like so cool. It just reminds me of when I was a little kid and, and, and seeing all this stuff, you know, places like the Vera Project. Yes. Um, you know, where I get to just, you know, be the old guy and watch, you know, I'm like, wow, okay. I, you know, I'm the old guy here now, but it's so cool to, you know, watch that next generation come up and, and be given access to, you know, this form of weirdo music. Yes. I'll have to say, I'm just going to, because they've been on the show, I want to say Action S, if you know Action S. Action S is great. Yeah. They're great. I want to say, I have to go with them because they've been on the show. Yeah. Know, awesome. For sure. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. You, you're a dope guy. Thank you. Know, you know, I need to, I think- You should um, come up to my radio show. Please, sometime. please. Yeah. Or why don't you come to Defy? Well, yes. I'll have you come and oh. you could sit in on one of the interviews. I would love to. I wish I can come this week and I have a DJ, I have a wedding DJ event this weekend. You're a wedding DJ. Yeah. That's badass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, you you're know? like a side hustler like I am yes. too. I've, I've, at least if I'm going to have side hustles, I want it to be related to music. Stuff. Okay. So, nice. Yeah, damn it! I you know I I really we'll, want to we'll be set involved. It up. Yes, we'll have you um you know kind of sit in on one of the interviews and, yeah. and watch it you know and how it. I would love to do that. Yeah, like I, I guess one last time, if you can say like in a sentence, like why people who have not checked out Defy should check it out. Why should they? I'll give you two sentences. It's a perfect date night. Uh, you know, it is absolutely, um. The most energetic live. I mean, if you like drag shows, if you like burlesque, if you like punk rock, if you like sports, you know, it's it's a lot of those kind of elements. It's live action. It's it's violent theater. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. And, you know, it's it's very much in your face. You are not watching a taping of a TV show where you're not a part of it. You're there chanting the names. You know, if you yell something, the wrestlers will hear you. Yeah. You know, you're a part of it. And um, it's just, it's so cool to watch have how it's grown, you know? Um, and, you know, when you hit me up, like I, I had been watching your podcast, you know, I saw yours with Martin. So I was stoked that you had come out to Defy, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, the more people that like you and the more people that can see it, you know, need to see it because it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It, it definitely, uh, sometimes I get in like a rut where I feel a little uninspired in Seattle. And recently I went to like my first burlesque show and then also Defy. And I just feel like very like ramped up again and excited to, awesome. to be in a place like this and to connect with people like you. So thank you for taking your time to do this. Absolutely. Man. Um, with that, what is some final advice you have for up and coming artists Creators, influencers. You know, I've been thinking about this lately, and 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 something that I, I don't know if it's necessarily advice because I don't know how it will turn out, but mm. it seems to have been doing pretty good for me. Is that, for better or worse, I'm leading by my passion. Mm. Not always, you know. In the, it's been a long road, and you know, I've had to, you know take some L's along the way and the monetary thing wasn't always there. It didn't always pay off. It was a, but I've led by passion. And I think that if you follow your passion, then you will be rich in spirit at least. And you'll be rich in life experience and, um, you know, just, that's what I'm doing, and and um, 
hoping for the best and just, you know, staying busy. Um, also take time for yourself. Yeah. You know, I am a workaholic and I'm a recovering alcoholic. And so part of my, what I've experienced is that, um, I traded my active alcoholism with, uh, active workaholism. Mm. So I took that, all of that alcoholic energy that I was fueling into that and then was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna be drinking, so let's just work, 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 work. Hmm. And so I have to cool it sometimes and just realize like uh, that you know, I, can, I can not always have to work on a project. Yeah. Um, so I'm oftentimes too overambitious that I need to just chill out and have a day to myself. So um, you know, giving yourself some time and, and grace I think is very important. So yeah. um, lead with passion. And give yourself some space and some grace. Yeah, for sure. I, I connect with all of that. Also, one last thing that sounds weird but also has inspired me. Um, some of my friends are in recovery, and uh, I recently got back probably two months ago now. Um, before that, I've been going. I, I'm not in recovery, but like I've actually gone to a few meetings with my friends to yeah. like hear people's stories. And like even when I was in Alaska about two months ago, I went to a meeting there even. So like there's just people have like stories to tell and you can learn so much from so many different types of people and, mm-hmm. and on their journeys. And so it's, I'm in a, I'm in a place right now where I'm just trying to like learn and just feel inspired. So once again, thanks again for being here. Absolutely. Um, what is the easiest way for people to reach you one more time Sure. and follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at KVNDRS, like my name without the vowels. Uh, you can follow my radio show at metal shop, K I S W if you want to reach out to me um, and with if you're in a band or a musician, you can go to KISW.com, click on Loud and Local. There's a, a tab there to send me your music. Or if you want to follow Defy, it's at D- DefyNW on Instagram, DefyWrestling.com. Um, you know, there's tickets to all the events, the Patreon where you can watch the videos. Mm. It's on all the social media platforms. Pretty easy. Just remember Defy Wrestling. So Heck yeah. This has been the NAS Podcast with... Kevin Deers. And we did it.